This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jangda and you're listening to the Qalam Institute podcast. The following recording is of a khutbah I gave here at the start of the month of Ramadan in which I talk about how to take the ritual and make it more spiritual. How do we take that which has become mundane within our daily lives and make it more meaningful? And how we can truly make this Ramadan a transformational experience for all of us. So listen to the khutbah, hopefully it's a benefit to you and share it with family and friends. And I also wanted to very quickly share an opportunity with all the listeners and the subscribers and anyone who's benefited from the podcast. Alhamdulillah, for the last six years, we've been bringing you the Qalam podcast consistently with a number of different series like the Sira podcast, all the different series with Mufti Kamani, the khutbahs like this, the Qalam hangout with myself and Ustad Murphy. And inshallah, we have every intention to continue to bring this to you and keep on adding new series to the podcast, inshallah. We have never asked the community for anything in exchange or in return for these podcasts because we believe that this is the right thing to do and we're trying to benefit the community at large in every way that we can. However, what I wanted to share with you here today is an opportunity to do some good and become our partners in continuing to benefit the community. Alhamdulillah, Qalam is continuing to grow and expand and we're launching a lot of very cool initiatives that are going to really, hopefully, inshallah, by the permission, the will of Allah, benefit the community at a very large scale. The Qalam Seminary is expanding. We are launching programs to serve the youth in the community, a chaplaincy program, and we're continuing to uh, grow all these services that we do for the sake of the community. So inshallah, this Ramadan, we have a campaign where people can support Qalam and people can join in and people can become a part of this khayr and this sadaqah jariya and good that's going on in the community. Please go to supportqalam.com. Support Qalam.com and give whatever you can, contribute whatever you can. If you've ever benefited from this podcast in any way, then please uh, go to the link and help us continue to help more people and share the link with others as well. And we look forward to inshallah building and continuing to deliver more and develop more services for the benefit of all of humanity. Jazakumullahu khairan. Sorry for taking up a couple of minutes of your time here in the beginning. And now we'll go ahead and go to the khutbah. Alhamdulillah. الحمد لله علي الذات عظيم الصفات سمي السمات كبير الشأن جليل القدير رفيع الذكر مطاع الأمر جليل البرهان فخيم الاسم غزيل علم وسيل حلم كثير الغفران جميل الثناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء عميم الإحسان سري الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في الخلق والأمر ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأسود والأحمر المنعوت بشرح الصد ورفع الذكر وصلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء أما بعد فيا أيها الناس واحد الله فإن توحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله 
فإن تقوامي لكل حسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن سنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعصي الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ودعوه فإنه مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن هدى للناس وبينات من الهدى والفرقان The Prophet وسلم, at his time he gathered all the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum all the companions of the Prophet peace and blessings be upon him and may Allah be pleased with all of them the Prophet gathered all of his companions together and it happened to be about two to three days before the month of Ramadan was arriving on the 27th or the 28th of the month of Sha'ban the Prophet ﷺ gathered all the companions together this was in the second year of the Prophet ﷺ's residence in the city of Medina they had spent 13 years striving and surviving trying to keep their iman amidst all the torments and the persecution that they faced in Mecca. They tried to keep their faith through all of that. Finally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided them a place to call their own. And they made the migration a very arduous, a very dangerous, treacherous journey all the way from Mecca to Medina. And they arrived there eventually, and the Prophet ﷺ also arrived, and they settled the community, and they started a community from the ground up. They built a community from scratch. And it had been about almost a little more than a year and a half that they had been here in Medina now, <coughs> building this community, and establishing a place, a safe place, where anyone and everyone was welcome. And where people could come from far and wide, men and women, young and old, Arab, non-Arab, it didn't matter, rich or poor, slave and free, it didn't matter who you were, that there was a place for you to belong. And there was a place for you to practice your faith freely, with dignity. And they had been building this community. They were in the second year of their community, the community of Medina. And the end of the month of Sha'ban was... The month of Sha'ban was about to finish. And the next month, the ninth month of the lunar calendar, even before Islam, was known as the month of Ramadan, Shahru Ramadan. The Arabs even before Islam called the ninth month of the lunar calendar, they called it Ramadan. Because the word Ramadan, it means heat, extreme heat. And so they say that the year or the time when the name of that month was assigned, at that particular time, Ramadan had fallen in the summertime, like right now. And so it was so hard that they called it Ramadan, from Ramadan, which means extreme heat. Nevertheless, this month of Ramadan, that so far, there was nothing very distinct about it. It was not known as one of the sacred months. There were four sacred months in the lunar calendar for the pre-Islamic Arabs. The month of Rajab, 
And then the months of Dhul Qa'da, Dhul Hijjah, and Muharram. Those were the sacred months. Ramadan was not a sacred month before Islam. So it's just an ordinary month of the calendar. And the Prophet ﷺ gathered the companions together. And at that particular time, the Prophet ﷺ told them, قَدَ أَظَلَّكُمْ شَهْرٌ That this month has come upon you. That it is a great blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's a month of forgiveness, a month of mercy, a month of coming closer and nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a month in which souls are freed from the fire of hell. Great blessings reside within this month. It's a month of redemption, a month to redeem yourself. A month to find yourself again. A month to remind you of who you really are. To confirm your identity, to have better your relationship with your, your Creator, to drop and work bad habits out of your system, to develop and build good habits. This is a great blessed month that has come upon you. And this is the month of Ramadan. And the Prophet ﷺ recited the ayah to the companions from Surah Al-Baqarah. Surah, from Surah Al-Baqarah, the Prophet ﷺ recited the ayah that Allah had just revealed. Shahru Ramadan, the month of Ramadan, الذي أنزل فيه القرآن In which the Qur'an was sent down, which reminded the companions that 15 years before this conversation that they were having now with the Prophet ﷺ, nearly 15 years ago, it was that same month of Ramadan in which the Prophet ﷺ went to the cave of Hira and he was there when Jibreel ﷺ came to him and brought the very first revelation and the greatest message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ever be delivered to humanity. This month, if you look at this, it is the month in which the Qur'an first came down, the mission of the Prophet started, the Qur'an was given to this world, to, the, to, to humanity. It is the month, as I mentioned, they came there in the second year, it became the month that the whole community would come together. People would fast together, pray together, do i'tikaf together, stay in the masjid together. It is the same month in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted the Muslims the most remarkable victory of the life of the Prophet ﷺ. And maybe in the entirety of Islamic history. And that was the Battle of Badr. It happened in this month. That the Muslims were given their dignity. And they, their pride was restored in terms of their autonomy. And their sanctity. This is the same month in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returned the Kaaba back to its original purpose. Fathu Makkah, the conquest of Makkah was in the month of Ramadan. Where the legacy of Ibrahim alayhi salam, the dua of Ibrahim alayhi salam, from Allah knows how long before it was, that that dua was accepted, that legacy was fulfilled, the Kaaba was returned back to its original purpose. When the Prophet ﷺ and the companions went to Mecca, took control of Mecca, cleaned the Kaaba out from the idols, and restored it to its original purpose. And that is the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this happened during the month of Ramadan. What is my point to say all of this? This is the month of change. This is the month of... New beginnings. This is the month 
that has the ability, Allah has placed the mercy. And Allah has given us gifts and blessings in this month that can help us change our lives. The fact of the matter is, and I want to, I wanted this conversation, I want this conversation to be a very positive, uplifting conversation. But the fact of the matter is, many of us have had a very difficult year. Some of us, the year did not go as we planned for it to. What we had thought about doing last Ramadan did not come to fruition throughout the rest of the year. Many of us are very disappointed in ourselves. Many of us are very, even dare I say, broken now at the end, uh, after the entirety of the year. And we're maybe crawling, stumbling, falling into the month of Ramadan. Undoubtedly. But we cannot carry that negativity and that baggage into the month of Ramadan. <coughs> Great miracles were performed in this month from the revelation of the Qur'an to the victory, angels fighting in the battlefield. Great miracles, this is a month of miracles. And the greatest miracle of all is for a human being to be able to find his or her way back to their Creator, back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what's possible during this month. And that's the mentality we have to go into this month with. And in terms of realizing some actual change in this month, there's one very specific action item, one point that I wanted to emphasize in today's khutbah. In Islam, Spirituality, spirituality, ruhaniyah, they call it a lot of times, iman, ruhaniyah, building your faith, your spirituality. It is a combination of two things. It is a combination of two things. Number one is intentionality. You have to know what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing. How you're doing it, why you're doing it, what you're doing. You have to know, you have to understand. You have to have awareness, consciousness, cognizance. That intentionality, the niyyah, has to be there. The intention, I understand and I know what I'm doing. And why I'm doing what I'm doing. Number two, the second part of this equation of spirituality is amal and action. It is both something that is a combination of the internal, the internal, and the external. If you're missing any one of those two, you will not attain spirituality. That it requires both. For example, if I have the most noblest of intentions, if I say I want to come closer to Allah, I want to be pious, I want to be righteous, I want to be a better person, etc., 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 but I don't pray and I don't fast and I don't give charity and I don't do anything. Then that's exactly what we talk about. Lima taquluna ma la tafalun. You're just talking, but you're not doing anything. That's lip service. That's empty. It doesn't do anything. There's nothing, no good that's put out into the real world. It's just empty talk. Talk is cheap. But on the flip side, and this is the one that's very, very. This is the one that's very dangerous. Because this one is very sneaky. We don't realize that it's occurring. We don't realize that we've fallen into it. You can fall into it without even realizing it. What is that second one? The second one is when you have all the action on the inside. But you have no awareness and no intentionality on the inside. You are performing a ritual. 
You're performing a ritual. We live in a very results-oriented society. We live in a very results-oriented culture today. Where it's all about numbers. It's about the spreadsheet. It's about the bottom line. It's about the quarterly numbers. It's about the numbers at the end of the month. It's about sales. It's about invoicing. It's all a results. It's about numbers and statistics. We live in a very results-oriented culture and society. And do you know what that does to us? Spiritually, spiritually, it has demented us. It has twisted us. To where we just focus on the results. I fasted 30 days. I gave $1,000 in sadaqah. And I prayed five times a day. And I finished a complete mushaf, a complete reading of the Qur'an. Results produced. And therein lies the problem. Because we're just looking at the outward consequences and results. We've become bean counters as they used to call them. Bean counters, the people that would do the accounting, that would do the numbers. That they're known as, yes, they're very essential people. If there are any accountants here, I don't mean to offend you. They're very essential people in terms of the business. But the reason why they would talk, call them bean counters. It was a demeaning term. Because a bean counter is somebody who's very short-sighted. He doesn't see beyond the table. He just sees the numbers in front of him and just obsesses over those numbers. But what about the vision? And the strategy? And the 10-year plan? And the 15-year plan? And the 20-year vision? The being counter doesn't get that. And that is a a classic clash in the business realm between the visionary and the being counter. Well, we have to understand that this being counting world that we are a part of today, that that has turned into spiritual being counters as well. We just count salawans, we just count fast, we count juz that we've read, we count the dollars that we gave in sadaqah and we're satisfied with that. Now somebody will say, well, we're not supposed to pray, we're not supposed to fast. No, that's not the point. The point is that we don't understand why we're doing what we're doing. You are so satisfied. I, I will speak about myself. I am so satisfied that I prayed five times today. Alhamdulillah. Something's better than nothing. That's a loser's mentality, by the way. For somebody else, something's better than nothing. For myself, I should never say something's better than nothing. <coughs> Why am I excusing myself? So I get very satisfied and I pat myself on the back. I prayed five times today. MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah. But did I actually feel a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even once in those five prayers? I fasted 30 days, but did I even lose one bad habit after fasting for 30 days? I read 30 juz of the Qur'an in the month of Ramadan. Did I understand even one word of Allah's kalam? One word of what Allah said to me? I gave a thousand dollars in sadaqah. But did I give even one person who is crying and suffering, did I give one person a hug? The Prophet he gave the example, did I place even one time, did I place my hand on the head of an orphan? And say, you'll be okay son. When the Prophet he sees an orphan, the first thing he does, he doesn't write a check. The Prophet sees Bashir, Ibn Bashir, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, little boy, his father died in the battle of Uhud, martyred, shaheed. And the Prophet sees him crying, and the Prophet picks him up, puts him on the ride on the camel with him, and he hugs him, and he says, "Ama tarda an akuna ana abaka wa Aisha ummak." 
I'm your father, Aisha's your mother, don't you cry, son. Did that ever occur? Did that connection ever get made? That's the question. And so we are dealing with a predicament. It's not a very, it's not insurmountable, it's not impossible. But if we never acknowledge the problem, then we never can work towards the solution. We have a problem. We have become committed, addicted, pacified, complacent with performing the ritual. That's it. And the meaning, the inside, the ruh, the soul, the intentionality, that is lacking, that is missing. And we must make a commitment that this Ramadan is when we reclaim our souls. This Ramadan must be the time where we wake up. This Ramadan has to be the moment in which we re-inject meaning and purpose into the rituals that we are performing. Niya. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ This is what the Prophet ﷺ was talking about. Actions are rooted within the intentions. Actions are rewarded by the intentions. Actions are supported from the intentions that are made behind them. The Prophet ﷺ, subhanAllah, he went as far as saying, نِيَّةُ الْمُؤْمِنِ خَيْرٌ مِّنْ عَمَلِهِ The intention of the believer is better than his or her action. Because I am a very weak, frail person, I might not be able to do much. I might not be able to give more than a couple of hundred bucks. I might not be able to read more than a couple of juz. But I can have great intentions. I am going to connect with Allah this month of Ramadan. I'm going to understand what Allah is saying to me in the Qur'an during this month of Ramadan. I'm going to try to make a difference in people's lives this month of Ramadan. I'm going to renew my relationship with Allah this month of Ramadan. I'm going to better my relationship with my family in this month of Ramadan. I will lose these three bad habits this month of Ramadan. If we made those intentions, you do understand what a blessing it is? I was thinking about this last night. I was talking to a couple of the students as well. I was thinking about this last night. What a blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I know that we want as many Jumu'ahs, as many Fridays as possible in the month of Ramadan. I know that. So you kind of can't help but think like, man, if Ramadan would have started like yesterday, then today would have been Ramadan. Friday, Ramadan, mashallah. Right? But there's a blessing in everything. What a blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a Jumu'ah about six hours before Ramadan starts. So that we would all get together in the masjid here and we would have this conversation together. So that we would not be flying blind into yet another Ramadan. We would not just be running head first into another Ramadan where we have no plan, we have no vision, we have no intention, we have no strategy, we have no focus, we have no meaning, we have no purpose. We're just running into it. Well, I'm gonna swing back to Rawi tonight for a little bit and I guess I'll set the alarm tomorrow morning for suhoor and uh, good thing it's Saturday and Sunday first couple of days of Ramadan so I can sleep a lot. And that sounds like every other Ramadan we've had. And no more of that. We're having this conversation for a reason. Allah gave us this khutbah for a reason, six hours before Ramadan starts. Because we're not gonna make that same mistake again. And so I have a very practical action item for each and every single person here, all the brothers, all the sisters, everybody. Hold yourself to this. After we get done with the salah, not now, but after we get done with the salah, maybe even before you leave, because then you get distracted. Maybe when you go outside and you sit in your car before you start driving. 
you turn on your car, you turn on the AC, sit there for a couple of minutes, take out your phone, text yourself, text a friend, text your wife, text your husband. Or maybe if, you, if you're somebody who makes to-do lists and uses a note-taking app, if you're punctual regular about something like that, then sit there and type up a note, a reminder, a to-do list of the things that you're going to work on in this Ramadan. Make your list. And make it a meaningful list. Don't focus on the ritual, because the ritual we have to perform regardless. Focus on the meaning and the purpose behind it. I'm going to under, start understanding the Qur'an this Ramadan. I'm going to start gaining khushur, quality in my salah this Ramadan. I'm going to try to make a difference in the life of some people who are struggling this Ramadan. I'm going to renew my relationship with Allah. I'm going to better my relationship with my spouse, with my parents, with my children, etc, 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 whatever. I have these three bad habits, I'm going to quit this Ramadan. Whatever it may be, do not go anywhere, do not resume your day until you first make that list somewhere. And you put that list down somewhere. That's, that, that's how that intention, the niya, becomes an azam. Inna dhalika min azmil umur. That's how it becomes an azam, what the Quran talks about. It goes from just being an intention to being a commitment. So that we have a commitment this Ramadan that we will improve our condition. This will be a month of miracles for us, and this will be a month of change for us. بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعني وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم